Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. How many feel the presence of the Lord in the house? Come on, let's give God a round of applause. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. I want to thank the Lord for allowing us to be here. It is a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Can you say amen, church? Amen. There are some people that uh, woke up in the hospital. There are some people that woke up in jail. There are some people that didn't wake up at all. But thank the Lord that we're in the house of the Lord, giving God the honor and the glory. It is a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Did anybody thank the Lord when you woke up this morning? Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. I just appreciate the Lord for his mercy and his grace. Amen. God is just so good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, today, um, uh, we have a pastor from Hawaii, amen, visiting with us. Amen. We want to thank the Lord for him. Pastor Tama, amen. We want him to come on up and greet you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on up, Pastor. Amen. I want you to greet the people. Amen. Until we get going. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be with you this morning. I feel like there's a hunger in this place. Amen. I was very impressed in the last couple weeks, and I've been searching in the it's good to be with Pastor, Amen, and uh, his family. Thank you for so much for taking care of me the last time, Brother James. Appreciate that. But I had been very impressed, and I had been seeking after it. New beginnings of the end. I kind of mentioned that I think, but we are indated or there is so much of new beginnings of the end I hope you understand what I'm talking about the scripture is filled with events of the coming of the Lord and I'm looking for those new beginnings are you with me some folks look for endings but I believe that God wants the church to begin to look for new beginnings. They're everywhere. They're inundated in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit. And I feel so strongly that uh, we are in the grasp of great things. Amen. The bad things are going to happen. That, that's going to happen. Everybody say amen. If you want to be in the world, your friends are in the world, well, they don't have to worry because bad things are going to happen. The lukewarm bad things are going to happen. That's, that's just scripture. 
but I'm looking for new beginnings. Amen. The new fresh fire of the Holy Ghost, the new, the new spark, if you would. God's trying to, God's trying to birth some of this in your spirit. So be aware, be sensitive that God's going to uh, get in. You want to be in the first wave of what God's going to do. Amen. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with you this morning. Amen. Come on, let's give God a round of applause. Pastor is a good friend of ours. We just thank the Lord for his friendship. Amen. It's hard to find good friends. Amen. When you have good friends, hold on to your friends. Amen. Praise the Lord. I thank the Lord for good friends. Amen. Amen. I just appreciate the Lord for uh, allowing us to be here. It is a tremendous blessing to be in the house of the Lord. I just, I give God all the honor, the glory. I woke up this morning thanking the Lord um, just for another day. I don't know about you, but... Um, you know, you need to start waking up and giving God thanks because some of you shouldn't be here. Amen. I said some of you shouldn't be here. You better recognize. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you better recognize. You shouldn't even be here. Don't act like you belong here. Because you know you ain't seem supposed to be here. You're supposed to be in a mental hospital somewhere. You're supposed to be six feet under. You're supposed to be lost and confused somewhere. Come on, somebody needs to have a thankful heart in the house. And give God all the honor and the glory. You better thank the Lord every day you get up for another day. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I just thank the Lord for his mercy and his grace. God is just so good. I thank the Lord for uh, Pastor from Hawaii. I thank God for my friend. Amen. We're going to be visiting him pretty soon. And I thank the Lord that, uh, amen, I thank the Lord that he came the last time and gave us a word. It was so powerful. We thank God for that. Amen. I just appreciate the Lord for his mercy and his grace. And uh, today, I just want to share with you a little bit of what the Lord has given me. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 37 and verse 3. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, get ready. Amen. Now tell him, let go and let God. Well, some of you ain't even doing it. Some of you are still holding on to that pride. Let go. And let God. There you go. There you go. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Genesis 37. If you have it, say amen. amen. Verse 3 says this. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. 
And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray thee the dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding shaves in the field, and lo, my shaft arose, and arose there stood upright, and behold, the shafts stood around about and made obscene to my shafts. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? And shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told his brethren and Behold, I have dreamed another a dream more. Behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven star made observance unto me. And he told it to his father and his brother, and the father rebuked him. And said unto him, What is this dream that thou dream? Shall I have thy mother and thy brethren indeed come down ourselves to thee, to the, to the earth? And his brothers envied him, but his father observed the same. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless this preaching here today. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor and the glory, God, right now. We ask you, Lord, to stretch forth your hand, and your name may be glorified. Anoint your servant, God, that your name may be uplifted. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody give God a round of applause. Amen. The title of the preaching, the title of the preaching is you can take my coat, but you can't take my prophecy. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you can't take my prophecy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We ha I have known already in the time that I have been pastoring, amen, and have been in the Lord that there are givers and there are takers. Amen. In all the years that I've been serving the Lord, there are people that are givers and there are some that are just takers. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, which one are you? A giver or a taker? Some of you be nice. Amen. Be nice. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. There are some that are givers and they, once the ones that give are the ones that are always looking for opportunities. They're looking for opportunities to be a blessing, to help somebody, to move forward, to get into the next level. Amen. These people are givers. They always give, always moving, getting to the next level of their life. The takers, on the other hand, are always looking for what they can have and never moving in another position or another area because it's somebody else's fault. So when that other person doesn't, you can't move, but because it's everybody else's fault that you can't move. Amen. Anybody ever heard, you're making me feel this way? Lord have mercy. Can you say amen, church? You're making me act this way. Has anybody ever heard that before? Lord have mercy. Amen. So when you have to understand that when you are a giver, you give uh, with everything that you have. You don't hold back some. 
you learn how to have the attitude of giving. And uh, the Bible tells us once you are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you got to get converted. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need to get converted. When the conversion starts to happen, you start to think like Christ thinks, and you no longer think the way you used to think. So when there's a conversion that's happening in your heart and your mind, you no longer think that the way you used to last year or two years ago or five years ago, now you're looking forward because now you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, somebody. Amen. You don't have that same anger and hatred and everything else that's holding you back from getting to the next level of your life because you've been transformed. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you've been transformed. Once you have been transformed, God wants to use you in a tremendous way. He wants to take you to the next level of your life. He doesn't want you to always stay at the same level. you got to change your attitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, change your attitude. Lord, have mercy. Change your attitude. Amen. The Bible tells us that here... Uh, his father um, comes to him and makes him a coat of many colors. And the brothers already see this. And the Bible says that here he is in innocence. Joseph looks at it and uh, he sees that in his heart and his mind, he's in innocence. He wants to tell the good news to people and tell them about what his purpose is and what his father has already pronounced upon him, the blessings and everything else. And, you know, sometimes it's just good for you to just keep your mouth shut. Can you say amen, church? Because first you need to discern what the person is around you is all about. The Bible says that if you rebuke a scorner, he'll, he'll mess you all up openly. So you got to be careful who you speak to. Can you say amen, church? Evil communications corrupt good manner. You got to be careful who you're talking to. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, who are you talking to? Be careful who you speak to. Be careful who's your, your counselor, because that person probably don't got God in their life. Can you say amen, church? So you need to understand that here, when Joseph comes to a point in his life, he wants to share it with his brothers. And when he wants to share it with his brothers, his brothers are angry, upset because they see the blessings. Amen. When you are being blessed, everyone around you should be happy that you're being blessed. Because if the blessings are coming to you and we don't deserve the blessings, then the blessings should be coming to them also because they don't deserve the blessings either. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. So I want you to understand that the Bible tells us that the brothers have a bad attitude. They're takers. They're not givers. Amen. They take what they can and they start taking. And yet the Bible tells us that here his attitude was in giving. Joseph's attitude was in giving. And when the point that I'm trying to get across is that the Bible tells us that here sometimes you're going to run into people that are just takers and that are not givers. And you're going to have to learn how to overcome that attitude that's in front of you. 
You're going to have to learn how to put it to one side and say it doesn't matter because I'm not going to let it affect me because I'm a giver and I'm not a taker. Can you say amen, church? You can't become like them. Amen. You can't become like that person. Amen. Because you're not like that person. There's only one of you. God created you for a purpose and for a plan. And God made you for a purpose for God to be giving all the honor and all the glory because you are the only one that exists. There's not another one of you in the whole world. And there is a purpose that you have in your life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got a purpose. I know sometimes you don't think you have a purpose, but you got a purpose because God created you with a purpose. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got a purpose. So the Bible tells us that here his brothers uh, conspire and they, first they don't like him. How many know not everybody likes you? Praise the Lord. Not everybody likes you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him not everybody likes you. Not everybody's going to like your presence and like your company. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what everybody else says. It matters whether you're in the presence of the Lord giving God the honor and the glory and the praise. It matters what God says about you and what the Lord wants to do in your life. You shouldn't be so worried about what other people say. Can you say amen, church? The Bible tells us that here there's a, a process of Joseph of what he goes through. And there is a process of what happens in his life with his family. The Bible tells us that the foes, the enemies, shall be those of your own household. According to Matthew chapter 10, the Bible tells us that sometimes you're going to have people in your own house that don't want to serve God. That don't want to put the Lord first. He said, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. I came to bring a sword. I came to bring a sword down the middle to cut and to divide. Because some people are going to want to serve God and some people are not going to want to serve God. So I didn't come to, to bring peace and everybody sing Kumbaya. I came to go ahead and divide and see who was on my side and who wants to be on the side of the enemy. I'm here to tell you that sometimes the ones that are the closest to you are the ones that are going to hurt you. I wish I had a witness in the house. According to Joseph... The ones that were the closest to him are the ones that were hurting him. They were trying to distract him and try to take him from his view, from his dream, from his vision of what God has given him. I'm here to tell you that some people are going to try to take you from, distract you from the view, from the dream that God has given you right from the beginning. I mean, God has already prophesied. Some of you, God prophesied when you were a kid. Some, some prophesied when you were 5 years old, 10 years old, 15, 20, 25. Amen. God already prophesied to you and told you what you were going to do and how you were going to do it. Just because you got off the road doesn't mean the prophecy is not real. I wish I had a witness in the house. Just because you think that you're off the road and you don't think God can use you anymore. Amen. God is so true in his word that whatever he says is going to come to pass. I wish I had somebody that understood that just because you're in the condition you're in doesn't mean God's not going to bless you. 
Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that here the Bible tells us the first step that Joseph goes through is betrayal. He goes through rejection and betrayal of his own family. His own ones, the ones that he thinks he can trust, are the very first ones that are coming to him and coming to betrayal. But yet he says about the dream and how God is going to use him in this tremendous act. He's not saying it so that he could boast and go above everybody else and be prideful. He's saying it so that they can understand and, and also rejoice in his vision and in his dream. So I want you to understand that he has a spirit of giving. When you have the spirit of giving, it's because you don't, uh, you don't care about what you can take or what's going to happen. You, when you start learning how to trust in the Lord and putting God first, it doesn't matter what condition you're in because God's going to make a way out of no way. The Bible says he's not going to put you through nothing you cannot handle. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you can handle this and God's about to take you out of the situation that you're about to be in. Come on, somebody. God's about to do something in your life. Because you got to believe the prophecy. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, believe the prophecy. Amen. The Bible tells us that here he gives instructions. The very first thing is he tells his brothers, and then people start to plot against him. His brothers start to plot and say, we're going to kill him. This is exactly what happened to uh, Jesus when they came. He came to his own, and his own received him not. And the Bible says they began to plot against him. And when they began to plot against him, they said, "This, go ahead and crucify him. Who is he? The vision that he had and the dream that he had was to be a blessing to us and to give us eternal life. We serve a God that gives. I said, we serve a God that gives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible's telling us that we serve a God that gives. We got to have the same attitude in giving. Joseph had the same attitude. So this is when he got betrayed and he got thrown in the pit. He was looking up ahead and saying, I know this is not what I seen. This is not what I saw in the beginning. And what I want to do is I want to go ahead and what I saw was the actual dream. I seen the dream that God showed me. So when he was in the pit, what he was looking at was not what he seen. What he seen was was the, the glory of God and him inside of the palace and being the second in command under Pharaoh. That's what he's seen. So when you're going through a trial and a tribulation in your life, you're like Joseph sometimes when you're in the pit and you're saying, all I can see is the dirt in front of me. But you got to recognize the dream that God gave you because once you recognize the dream that God gave you, being in the trial is no big deal because you're not looking at what you're in you're looking at where you're going I wish I had a witness in the house that's why the Bible says count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation because you're not going to stay there you're about to get up and get out and get to the place where God shows you right from the beginning God wants to show you where you're going but you got to look at where you, what God has given you. 
The problem was is that Joseph did not stay stuck. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't stay stuck. Joseph did not stay stuck. He stayed giving everything in his attitude. The Bible says that once he went to the pit, they pulled him out. They sold him to the Israelites. And here he goes to Egypt. And now he's on the, on the selling block. And they're selling him. And Potiphar comes and he spies him. He's the captain in the, in, the, in the palace. And here the Bible tells us that he gets sold. Even in his, his condition of where he's at and what is happening to him. He still gives God the honor and the glory. And he holds on to his integrity. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You still got to hold on to the relationship that you have with the Lord even though people come against you and it looks like it's all messed up the devil is a liar greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world it doesn't matter what's going on in your life I'm here to tell you there's a prophecy that was given to you a long time ago and the Bible tells us that here he's in Potiphar's house and now, first of all, he's been sold. And now he's been betrayed. And now he's in Potiphar's house. And his wife begins to lie against him. To the point where now they put him in prison. I'm here to tell you that sometimes some people are going to lie against you. Has anybody had anybody lie against you? Where all of a sudden they said, you did this, but you didn't do it. And they try to portray you to be something you are not. Amen. The devil is a liar. Amen. I'm here to tell you that you got to hold on to your relationship and your integrity because God is watching you. It doesn't matter who else is watching you. It just matters do all things unto the Lord in word or deed. Do it all unto the Lord and give God everything that rightfully belongs to the Lord. Come on, somebody. And the Bible tells us that here, once he's in prison, now, I don't know about you, but if I was in prison, I thought about it, and I thought when there was this COVID-19 was coming about, and I thought about if they came in and wanted to go ahead and take us to jail, we would have revival in the jail. People get filled with the Holy Ghost left and right in the jail. You got to, you got to look at it like anywhere you walk, God's going to bless you. Anywhere you go, God's going to change the situation completely around. Come on, you got to have an attitude of giving instead of an attitude of taking. When you have an attitude of giving, you want to give even in the condition of where you're at. Even in the jail cell, you'll give unto the Lord everything that rightfully belongs to God. Can you say amen, church? I thought about that, so when I thought of Joseph... I said, I can see his attitude, how it is with people around him and saying, I just want to serve. I just want to do this because it's inside of me. I want to do it. I want to serve people. I want to do this. I want to, I want to go ahead and please God. I want to give God the honor and the glory. Wherever you're at, your attitude has to be as a giver and give unto the Lord with everything. Why? Because God is watching every step you do and God is watching everything that you do. When you're a giver, you don't care who's around. It could be a grouch. It could be somebody that you don't like, but you're going to give unto them anyway you're going to tell them your attitude can't come on my attitude amen you can't rub off on mine i want to rub off on yours i want to give god everything that rightfully belongs to the lord 
Come on, somebody. Give God a five-second praise right there where you're at. Would you give him a thankful praise right there where you're at? A five-second praise. Would you give him a five-second praise? Come on, somebody. I know I ain't supposed to be here today. I recognize that and I understand that. This is why I wake up every day and give God all the honor and all the glory. The moment I open up my eyes, I said, thank you, Jesus, just for giving me another day. Because it's by his mercy and his grace that I'm here today. I'll turn to your neighbor and tell him, it's by grace and mercy that you're here today. Come on, somebody. It's not by your good works. It's not by your suit. And it's not by your dress. It's not by your righteousness. It's by his righteousness. It's by his goodness. It's by his mercy. It's by him that you're alive today. And you got breath in your lungs to give God all the honor and the glory. It's not about you. It's about Jesus in the house. So I want you to understand that the Bible tells us that here he's been betrayed and now he's been lied on. The Bible says that he's in prison for three and a half years, three years. And here he's in there and he starts to do the best that he possibly can. I'm here to tell you that even though you're in the condition, just because God calls you and gives you a prophecy doesn't mean that you have to get upset because he puts you back in the field. Can you say amen, church? You don't got to get upset just because he puts you right back to feed the sheep. Can you say amen, church? King David was called by the Lord and right back, he went right back to feed the sheep, even though he was anointed king over Israel. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what condition that you're in. You got the prophecy already and it's coming already. And God's about to open the door for you. But you got to go through the process of what God wants you to go through. I'm here to tell you that God's about to take you to the next level. But your attitude has to change going to the next level. Turn to your neighbor and tell me, change your attitude. Your attitude has to change to get to the next level because if you can serve inside of the palace, then you can serve in the prison. If you can serve anywhere, amen, you can serve in, on the ocean, you can serve in the desert, amen, your attitude has to be one that you're going to serve God with everything that you got, wherever you're at, whenever you're at, and what's happening in your life. Huh? It's not just a put on. Huh? I'm not just here at church, and I'm not just going to put it on at church. I'm going to put it on everywhere I go and give God the honor and the glory and the praise. Can you say amen, church? Joseph gets to the area in his life where, you know, you have to reflect. Some of us need to reflect. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to reflect. Reflect on your life. You know, most people don't want to reflect because they have to see themselves. They it's easier to see their neighbor. Can you say amen, church? It's easier to see the guy next to you. It's easier to see your son. It's easier to see your daughter. It's easier to see your father. I wish I had a witness in the house. 
It's easier to see the, all the faults of your mother. It's easy. It's, oh, it's so easy. But when you start reflecting upon yourself, you start checking your own self. The Bible says, judge not so that you not be judged. You got to judge yourself. You got to learn how to judge yourself and look at the situation around you so that you're not judging others what's going on in their life. Uh, you got to be right with the Lord. You got to put God first and number one in your heart and your mind. Uh, the devil is a liar. Uh, I'm going to serve God with everything that I got. I'm going to give God everything that rightfully belongs to the Lord. I don't got no business looking at my sister. I ain't got no business looking at my brother. I'm going to give God Everything that rightfully belongs to God. And Joseph comes to the point where now he's serving in prison. Now he can easily go ahead and say, God, what's happening? What's really going on? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, what's really going on? What's really going on? I don't, you can easily say, I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it. You know, I'm here. I've been giving Bible studies. I've been serving. I've been a leader. I've been this. I've been that. I've been doing everything that I could. And God still got me in this condition of where I'm at. I'm here to tell you that the Lord wants to take you to the next level of your life. But you're going to have to change your attitude in the process. It can't be one that you're saying, why am I here? It should be saying, God, if you want me here, then I'm going to go through what I'm going to go through so that I can get to the next level of my life life. Ah, I wish I had somebody that understood. Your attitude has to change and say, why are you doing it for him and you're not doing it for me? It has to be, God, take me to the next level of my life. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible tells us that here, he's in prison. It's easy for us to look at the things that are around. And this is why when you have a vision, you can't let it go. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't let it go. When you got a vision, you can't let it go. Because some of you think just because you sinned and you came short of the glory of God doesn't mean that God can't use you. That's a lie from the pits of hell. I wish I had a witness in the house. That prophesy, that prophecy that came to your life, God still wants to use you for his honor and for his glory. You got to get to the area in your life that God wants to use you and change your heart, change your mind, and change your soul. That prophecy was right when God spoke to you. The devil is a liar. My daddy might make me feel that I don't got a prophecy. My mama might make me feel I don't got it. But Jesus sees you. And he knows your prophecy. Can you say amen, church? The Bible tells us that before he went to the prison, before he went to the pit, he told his family. And his family rebuked him. So what's up? What's wrong with you? What? You mean... You know, sometimes your family ain't going to see where God wants to take you. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. 
Your daddy might tell you something that you, you can't do it this and you can't do that. But God prophesied to you a long time ago. God prophesied to you a long time ago, sister, and told you you're going to be used of God for God's honor and glory. You can't let the people that are around you tell you and kind of diminish that vision that God gave you right from the beginning. What God said is going to come to pass, whether what anybody says. I'm here to tell you no condition, nothing that's happening in your life. God's about to move in your life, but you got to start believing the prophecy and bust out of the unbelief. I'm here to to tell that unbelief you gotta leave this place because faith is in the house and faith is arising to the top where we got to go where God wants us to go that's why the Bible says that here you know being in prison you can easily look at other people's conditions and say man I'm like this and I'm like that and I don't know when I'm going to get out of this condition. I don't know what's going to happen and where it's going to happen and what's going to take place. And this is why you got to hold on to faith. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, hold on to faith. When you hold on to faith, faith tells you, even though it's all messed up, I'm going to take you out of this and get you to the other side. Even though the boat is sinking, I'm going to pull you out and take you to another side. Even though it's on fire, I don't care. I'm going to pull you out without any kind of stench inside of you. Without any kind of smell, I'm going to take you out of the fire. I'm here to tell you that I'm about to take you to other areas you ain't never seen before. Because faith is about to take you to the next level of your life. Faith. Turn to your neighbor and tell them faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I, I, can, I don't have to see it. I just got to see it in my vision. I don't got to physically see it, but I can see it in my vision. And when I see it in my vision, when I'm going through a trial, I can say, man, thank God that I already know where I'm headed and where I'm going. That way this, tri this trial, this tribulation ain't nothing but a meatball. I can go through this. Huh? This ain't nothing but I can take care of this. This ain't nothing. I can overcome this because God promised me that. This is why Jesus went through what he went through. Because he had the vision already, the plan of what was going to take place. The Bible tells us that here he goes through the persecution, the rejection, to the sadness, the confusion, everything. Why? Because he wanted to give you eternal life. Come on, somebody. He went through it. He went through it all. He went through the midst of it all. Went through the, the tearing of the skin and the blood and shedding of the blood and everything else so that you could have life and have it more in abundance. Even though we're unworthy of it, God said, I still want to give you eternal life. I still want to give you. We serve a God that gives. We serve a God that's a giver. And he's going to give unto you with everything. So the Bible tells us that here he's in prison, and when he's in prison, they start to, start to see 
starts to hear dreams and people have dreams. And, you know, your talents are going to be used. And sometimes you think your talent is not going to be used for you. But it's going to be used for other people. Do you actually think that trial you're going through is for you? It ain't for you. It's for the one you're helping in order for you to tell them, listen, you got to learn to overcome it like this. And you got to learn how to put scripture like this. And you got to learn how to put God first in everything that you do. Why? Because they can see you and your example that you have and say, wait a minute, if they can do it, then I can do it. And if they can do it, I can do it. My family can do it. You ain't going through it just for you. You're going through it for somebody else. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible tells us that now he's pulled out of prison. And when he's pulled out of prison, he's now understands he went from the prison to the palace. And that's a, that's a transition that happens in your life. Because sometimes if you don't change, you can still act like you're in prison. You still think that people don't like you. You still think people are talking about you. You still think things are all messed up. But you're in the palace and everybody's looking at you that you got it made, but you're still in prison trying to think that everything's all messed up. But God is saying, you got to change your heart, your mind. You got to be transformed because where I'm going to about to take you, you can't think the way you used to think. You got to think the way that I want you to think. And that's to get you up and out of the situation. So the Bible tells us that here he's in the palace. You better check yourself. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, better check yourself. Can't be trying to act like a gangster in the house of the Lord. Can't be trying to, you can't be trying to act like you got it all together. Amen. You ain't got it all together. Even Paul said, when, hey, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong, man. I ain't got it all together. I don't know what's going on in my life. Don't try to act like a gangster in the house of the Lord. You got to start giving God the honor and the glory and the praise. Don't start doing what. Don't start acting like you used to act in the world. Slapping your husband. Hello. Start ridiculing, making fun of him, making fun of her. You ain't got no business acting like the way you were in the world. The Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're in the palace now, brother. You're in the kingdom of God now. You got to walk like you're in the kingdom. You got to talk like you're in the kingdom. You got to walk and act like you're in the kingdom. Your attitude has to change. Can you say amen, church? Change your attitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, change your attitude. It's a process. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, it's a process. And the Bible tells us 
And when Joseph is at, he got the position. You see, when you don't have a giving attitude, you'll take advantage of your position. Lord have mercy. Some of you supervisors at work, you have to be careful. <laughs> Lord, I'm not even going to go there. Amen. I'm just letting you know you got to be careful. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got to be careful. Don't you forget when you were in the warehouse. Don't forget when you were sweeping. Don't forget when you were out there in the, in the, out there in the sidewalk doing some stuff that the inner, the, you barely walked in. Don't forget. Don't forget. Lord have mercy. You better recognize. Don't forget. Let me tell you something. The Bible tells us he gets to the position of where he's at and he gets second in command in Pharaoh. And the Bible tells us that here he understands. He remembers. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he remembers. He remembers what his brothers did to him. He remembers how they did it and when they did it. As a matter of fact, it was rehearsed in his heart and his mind and wanting to knock him down from giving with an attitude of giving all the time. That's why the Bible says the flesh and the spirit at war constantly one with another. You ain't never going to sit there in peace because you got to understand that if you're walking in the spirit, then you got peace. Oh, come on, somebody. I want you to understand that here the Bible tells us that he knew, he recognized, he understood. Now he sees his brothers right in front of him and he could have easily done the same thing that they done because his mercy is so big and God's grace is so wonderful. He said, I'm going to have mercy on them. It doesn't matter of the stuff that I went through. I'm gonna, I went through it so that they could be blessed. I'm the, I'm the second in command and Pharaoh so that they could be blessed. I'm here to tell you that God went through what he went through so that you could be blessed. It doesn't matter. He went through the crucifixion. He died on the cross. He shed his blood so that you could be blessed above and beyond. He could have died. He could have killed us. He would have went to hell. But his mercy and his grace reached down and grabbed me and pulled me up and out of the situation. It's by his grace that I'm here. It's by his mercy that I'm here today.